I'm Mirza, and I really wish Cher was my second mom. And I'm Pooja. I'm the biggest Scorpio in Prospect Heights. So true. Do you have problems that you think are really important, but other people don't really want to hear about? These are problems that your therapist has told you to move on from. We're here to give you advice on all of them, from the nothing burger to the everything burger. Like, did you accidentally make eye contact with your boss in the Equinox Steam Room? Scandalous. Do you hate the soap in your in-law's bathroom? Are you afraid to run outside because you have terrible form? Does your boyfriend keep making out with his dog that has terrible breath and then trying to kiss you? Well, if you've experienced any of these problems, you may qualify for our advice. A quick little disclaimer, we are not trained professionals. If you do take our advice, please take with caution. Proceed with caution because we are the, the problem, problem solvers. Mirza. Pooja. How are you? I'm, you know, practically imperfect. <laughs> what is that from? Uh, I don't know. But that's how I feel. I feel pretty practically imperfect. But that's okay. That is okay. Because that's what life's about being imperfect and waiting through the ambiguity. <laughs> Wow, Absolutely. hitting you with advice real early in this episode. <laughs> I don't know if that was advice or a cry for help. Probably both. <laughs> uh, how are you doing this week? What's up with you? I'm good. I just got back to town. I was in D.C. this weekend. Oh, our nation's or... capital. Yes, yes. I was in D.C. for uh, some shows, mm, fun. which was great. She's a traveling queen. She's on tour. She's on tour. She's on tour. Um, it was great. Mm -hmm. My, I had a weird interaction. Oh, oh la, la, tell me. I did a guest spot on a show, mm -hmm. and uh, it went pretty good. It was it was fun. And as I was leaving the club, because I was going to see my other friend perform at another club, I, <laughs> as I was leaving the club, this guy ran after me. And he was an audience member, okay? Okay, well, run. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he like ran after me and, and kind of caught up to me while I was outside uh, waiting for my Uber. And he was like, Pooja, Pooja. And I thought like I had literally left my purse or something. Like he was like literally, he was trying to run to like give me or tell me something. Just like, you thought he was a good Samaritan. Yeah, mm. and I was like, oh, hi, like what's up? What happened? And he was like, yeah, so, uh, you know, your set was pretty good, but uh, oh, no. I have some suggestions for you. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, does he? He's got some suggestions for the person that performed. Okay. Yeah. And it was just, like, so cringe. All the stuff he said, I was like, no, I don't like those suggestions. First of all, I don't even know why I sat there and listened to them. I mean, my Uber was... Coming, so I just had to like stand on the sidewalk. You anyway. were you were imprisoned in unsolicited advice zone. That's exactly what happened. Literally, and I couldn't leave because I was waiting for my Uber. So yeah, I just had to stand there for five to seven minutes while a middle-aged man gave me punch-ups for jokes that really he's was. It's like I don't know. All of my comedy is very much from my point of view, which is. And I think this is all comedy. You write it from your unique point of view, even though none of us have had an original experience in our life. But a totally also fair. Also yes. fair. I'm convinced because of TikTok that we're all living the same life. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, what you say is from your unique point of view. Mine is that I am a Kentucky raised young woman. Speak it. Who's an Indian American. 
And fabulous. And fabulous. And sometimes I will do a soul cycle class in the morning and eat Shake Shack in the afternoon. That is just We're complicated beings as, as humans. We're diverse. We have diverse tastes and interests. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So that's just a little bit about me. But anyway, I don't know. I just it just really pissed me off because he was not any of those things. And I definitely could tell he could not tap it back on a soul cycle bike. So oh, la, la. just made me. Here's yeah. the thing about unsolicited advice that a lot of people I don't think realize is typically people that give unsolicited advice to others lack a form of expression in their lives that allows them to get the energy out that they're getting out by giving you advice. Mm. If that man was a performer or if he was a writer or if he was a comic or whatever, mm -hmm. I guarantee you he wouldn't be giving you advice. Mm -mm. But instead, he chooses to live his life on the sidelines mm -hmm. and give advice to people who are doing the damn thing, mm -hmm. which you are. Mm -hmm. And I think if those people had more outlets for expression, they would be less inclined to give unsolicited advice. That is so real oh my god that is so so real and i do want to say that we are two people who host a advice podcast so um you know tag this us this is the pot calling the kettle black is that what no yes yes <laughs> though i will say that people do send in questions so you know we ours we're, is solicited yeah we we literally solicited yeah we are solving problems for free so for now for, for now and for the price of $8.99. <laughs> I totally agree with what you're saying about people who live their life on the sidelines and give unsolicited advice because those are also the people who are like the ones who do too much at work or do too much like in a public setting oh, yes. or like even in the emergency row on a flight. Okay. Like this is not your Broadway audition. Like you just need to say, yes, I... I am agreeing to comply with the FAA's when rules. When that flight attendant stares into your eyes and says, ma'am, I need to ask because you're sitting in an exit row, are you willing to and able to assist in, a, in the case of an emergency? Some of these people, you're right, I've never thought about it, are like, I hereby solemnly swear that I can do this. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, and they're like, we just need a verbal yes. Yeah, they're like, you can just like maybe nod your head. Like, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. I mean, that's a good perspective and a good way to look at it because I was kind of fuming after. And it made me feel bad. And it also, for a quick second, it just made me really question myself. And, oh, like... Yeah, it's my stuff not good. And I don't even know why I went there. But I think just like deep down, that is something that can make you feel even if you don't agree with advice or feedback that you get. Sometimes it can hit you in a weird way for feeling vulnerable. And yes, I was PMSing. And I just kind Ooh. of felt like, oh, shoot, like, is is there something there? Is there a there there? You know, yes. so it, it it got me in my feelings for a few seconds, for sure. After and then I got mad, which is, I think, the you went to the cycle. You went to the phases. Yeah. The, listen, don't listen to this man and his advice um, unsolicited. Uh, you keep doing you. And my advice to you. Look at this unsolicited. Mm, no, <laughs> also, I'm asking. I'm no, asking. You're, no, you're right. My advice to you is. 
you know, sometimes when I talk to my mom, I, you know, when we post clips of our podcast, for example, on, on the platforms, and sometimes the haters comment on those clips mm-hmm. and, you know, they say, wow, you're that cowlick of yours sure is sticking up today or mm-hmm. your hair, you know, and I talked to my mom once about this and I was like, wow, people really are hating me for my hair today mm-hmm. and she was like you should just turn off the the comments uh-huh. <laughs> and we said we need the engagement uh, and we were like no mom we need to get the algorithm sorry and my advice to you is turn the comments off mm, okay i like that i like that would you say though that should i like confront people or should i do you think i should like don't waste your energy on confronting people okay. i don't i don't think i don't think it's worth your time because you're not going to change how they live and how they choose to engage True. with their sideline perspective like i said um it's it's not worth your time so yeah. if you can't escape the situation and you're in unsolicited advice prison like you were for those 5 to 7 minutes waiting for your uber just listen to them nod your head Maybe think about what you're going to cook for dinner tomorrow while they're talking Mm -hmm. and then get the hell out of there. That's really good advice. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. All right, Miras, what's up with you? You know, I think the great Taylor Swift once said, karma's a bitch. Oh. I think she did or someone. Or maybe it was Aristotle. I don't know. Um, In a recent episode of our podcast, I came out as being pro-ghosting in situationships. Mm -hmm. And... I would like to declare here and now, loud and clear, that I am no longer of that position. Oh, no. I am retracting that position, and I am now (laughs) anti-ghosting in situationships because I was recently ghosted. Oh, no. I was recently ghosted as of a couple weeks ago. The ghoster became the ghosty. The... Plates have switched, the tables have turned, the table's been flipped, okay? <laughs> the record's been scratched. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... It was actually days after I came out with that position that it happened to me. Oh, no. I, too, am a victim of the ghost. Mm. And it happened... It was a clear blue day on a Wednesday. Summer, New York, 2023. And I sent a harmless text and I said, hey, how's your day going? Which under normal circumstances, I would have gotten a response to in maybe a couple hours. Mm -hmm. But then five days went by. (gasps) And the message was still unread. Oh. But my stories were still being viewed. Oh. And my TikToks were still being liked. That's weird to get a... Liking the TikTok. Did you follow up with another text? I followed up with another text. I said, hey, how's it going? I'm sure you're busy with work. Smiley face. No response. Whoa. Absolutely ghosted. But do you think that that's a ghost? I feel like, have you heard of the um, term breadcrumbed? Babe, I didn't even get a crumb. It went from... I sent him a photo of me and my friends at a picnic and then he hearted it and said a cute little thing in response with a winky face. And then when I texted him the next day, no response. I know. I, I hear you. Like, I think he, he, he ghosted out of the, he, yes, he, it seemed like he exited out of the relationship, but I feel like he's digitally breadcrumbing you, which is 
like oh. liking oh, oh, your mm. posts, viewing your story. Because ghosting is like just straight up being like blocked. Like yeah. that's like you you are rem that person is erasing themselves out of your life. Totally. Like I think what this guy's doing to you is called breadcrumbing, which is oh, where yeah. they kind of give you a little bit here and there, which is like viewing the story, liking a post, which I think is chaotic. I mean, like that is choose a side. Chaos. Pick a side. Like you either want to be in my life or you don't want to be in my life. And Okay, I don't like ghosting. I think it would be a little bit more respectful to uh, each other as humans if there was one text sent that was like, hey, you know what? I don't think this is working out. Or, hey, like, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Just like, you don't, just Nothing. say just something. No, I totally agree with you. There but, should be some minor form of something, just even if it's one sentence like, hey, I met somebody else. Or, hey, it's not really working anymore. Yes, and if you can't even commit to that, but you still want to be out of a situation, then okay, ghost if you must. But then you have to commit to being a ghost. You have to, you better be changing your name to Casper because if I see you looking at my Instagram stories, if I see you liking my shit, that is confusing to me. That is that is unhinged. It's lunacy. Yeah. It's psychotic behavior. Oh, and Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he's. It's psychotic behavior, and I truly hope that you like this clip. Oh, Lord. Because <laughs> he's probably going to see it. So I have spoken to a few people about this situation, and I've mm -hmm. expressed my frustration and also the fact that, you know, karma always gets her way, and she did get her way in this instance because of what I said in a previous episode. Mm. But I'm tempted to reach out to said person who shall remain unnamed via text message or potentially a DM on a preferred social media platform just to ask, hey, I thought things were going well. It's been a few months. We met um, when we were both traveling in Europe. Like we hung out. We have hung out in New York multiple times. We've been to each, other, each other's apartments. Mm. I've introduced him to some of my friends. Right. And all of this ghosting happened immediately after I introduced him to some of my friends. So what the hell, guys? <laughs> what do you think? Like, I mean, I think it's it doesn't make sense to. I mean, I have great friends, so it's not that they're fabulous, of course, obviously. Um, he just maybe was intimidated because they're so fabulous. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to sit here and reach for straws or anything. I don't even know if that's so. Both of look at us. I feel like reach for the straws, no, and you'll I, land among the moon. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the phrases that we use are incorrect because we both learned English from non-English speakers. This podcast is sponsored by English as a Second Language program, available exactly. at K through twelve public schools all across the United States. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like, like, what is reach for the straws? Anyway, that I, that's just okay, but I don't want to be reaching here. But I'm curious, like, what if he had a thing with one of your friends previously, and he, you know, like, felt weird about that? The gay world is small, yeah. so it's not out of the realm of possibility. But the folks. The people, the friends that I did introduce him to, had never met him before, oh. and I, they would they would tell me because these are like my closest friends that I introduced him to. Right. So, yeah, I'm very befuddled, and I wanted to ask your advice on 
should I reach out to him to ask for an explanation or should I just move on? And as Celine Dion says, my heart will go on. I think it depends if you genuinely felt like there was enough of a connection and uh, that you want to preserve it. Like, I would ask you, like, are you reaching out because you kind of on a from a petty perspective want to be like bringing it to his attention that he ghosted and that you noticed? Or do you want to reach out because you earnestly are like, hey, I want to make this work with this person? Option A, totally driven by ego. Oh, then I would just <laughs> not. I, I would just not reach out. Okay. And I'm sure, like you've said many times, like the gay world in New York is very small. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to run into him at some point. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're going to come across him on some platform. Yeah. So I just feel like... On some grid somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And and then when he reaches out to you on one of those things because he's forgotten that he ghosted you, which is kind of the behavior I feel like sometimes with people. Selective like and convenient amnesia. Exactly. <laughs> Ghosting exactly. amnesia. Exactly. Like, I think that is the moment where you sort of throw it back in their face. Like, if he was to come into your DMs, like, next year and ask you for a drink... You should just be like, yeah, I'm not trying to get ghosted again. So, no, I'm not going to go out with you. I think that's amazing advice, and I agree with it. I'm not actually trying to repair this with the person. Mm. I'm just trying to get closure. And this is, again— Have the last word. I want to have the last word, which my mom always said I needed to have when I was growing up, which is part of the reason I was a difficult child. <laughs> you are a Sagittarius. I am you? a Sagittarius. Yeah. I'm a fire sign. I like to have the last word, yeah. even if it's not a good one. And I know that that's troubling, my therapist tells me. Mm. And, yeah, no, I, 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 I— think you're right. I I shouldn't reach back out despite the fact that I want to have some closure. But this is a hard lesson that we must learn in life is that sometimes you don't get closure and you need to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be okay with it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. In 2023, let's be less petty. Trying. <laughs> Pettiness, I feel like only gives us acne and big pores. We have small pores, no acne, and bright smiles. Yeah. I think that's that's the recipe for all of those things is to not be petty. Amen. Okay. Mm. We're not petty here at the problem solvers. We're trying not to be. We're all we're all a work in progress. A whip. W I P. Like I used to put on those decks. <laughs> that just gave me little PTSD from the WIP. Yeah, give me the PTSD. <laughs> yeah. oh, All right. Man. Cool. Okay, so should we get into our caller's problem? Let's dive into it. All right. Hey, problem solvers. I have a question for you all around budgeting, um, specifically with my partner. So we've been living together for a while now. Um, we split most of our expenses, which is not a problem because mm -hmm. we're making roughly the same income. Mm -hmm. However, there's this one issue that like rubs me is that my boyfriend tends to want to spend money a little bit differently than I do, namely in the area of groceries. So mm -hmm. if I was living Ooh. alone, I would be doing girl dinner every night, you know, like crackers and girl cheese dinner. and like, I don't know, fry an egg or something. But he's definitely more of a meal guy. And that's fine because he typically cooks. It's just mostly about the budgeting aspect of this. Um, is there a way to split your budget better when you prioritize things differently. So for example, 
I would rather spend the money on groceries towards like general upkeep or like beauty, clothing, things like that. Mm. Um, I'm just curious what you all might recommend. Thank you so much. I love the show and I'm looking forward to hearing what you all have to say. We love you too, caller. Okay. Okay. okay we love we love a caller who loves a girl, girl dinner. dinner. <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. I really relate to this hard. Yes, you are in a stable relationship where, well, you're not currently making income, but when you I was. are, you was, you was, you were, <laughs> you were, and splitting expenses in a stable relationship can be a very trip tricky topic to navigate being in a being in a relationship in 2023 when both parties are trying to be progressive and trying to move away from gender roles and like gender dynamics around like oh the the man has to pay for certain things the women like don't pay for dinner because of what because of why as much as I like to be wined and dine, it doesn't really make sense when you're with someone for several years to always be like, oh, yeah, you're picking up the check for dinner. That's it's, that's that's f- fiduciary abuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it also doesn't make sense whenever you make similar amounts of money. Like everything should be split. If You should have like a pool, a pool of money. together. Yeah. But I do really understand where the caller is coming from, because. Even though you are in a relationship with someone does not mean that you like to spend your money the same way. Of course. And this is, I think, really, this really resonates with me because mm-hmm. your girl has expensive upkeep I that I actually know that my partner does not have, right? Like, I am getting my hair cut. I am getting my nails done. Like, I'm getting every time, you know, that's why your manicure looks so good. Yes, you you spend f- money on your manicure. I just got a $46 gel manicure. $46? After tip, yes, $46. Miss ma'am. I, I just think that everyone has their little things that they like to spend money on. And that should, and, and it should be okay if you're in a relationship where both people don't like to spend money on the same thing or they don't like to prioritize the same thing. And before I was in a relationship, I would be doing the girl dinner. dinner. I would be eating Trader Joe's gyoza every single night. Yum. And cooking. Those are good, though. Yeah, they're very good. And, and cooking an elaborate meal on the weekends. Definitely in my relationship, my first year of dating Scott is to go to a restaurant. Like mm-hmm. that is like a huge hobby and interest of Scott's. And for me, that was that's not really like my hobby and interest when I'm trying to save money, right? Because I know that I have to it's either have this ramen at this really nice place or like get my eyebrows done, you know, or get my roots colored or just something like that. So I just like, yeah, I, I really understand where the caller is coming from here. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that that's a totally fair perspective and you are living it right now. So you you can really relate to it. You know, I've been in two long-term relationships during my time in New York and money became a pretty big topic of conversation in mm. both of those relationships because either in one of the relationships in one of my relationships you know somebody was making my significant other was making a lot more money than i was mm. and and the other one i was making more money than my significant other so i sort of experienced both sides of that yeah and you know 
I think let's agree on some just like basic things in a relationship, you know, everyone should be independent. I think, I think learn how to be independent and stand on your own, make your own coin and make sure that you can be Mm self-sufficient. I think that's very important. I know not everybody agrees with that. And in some places that's considered controversial, but I think everybody should be self-sufficient, like make your own coin, figure out how to do it. So you can always be independent. Um, Second is before you get into a relationship, you develop financial habits and interests, right? You have things that you like to spend money on, like manicures and pedicures and Mm -hmm. uh, travel or, you know, going out to shows or whatever, you know, and your partner has interests like, you know, they like to go out to eat at restaurants or they like to go on long weekend trips to Europe or they like Mm -hmm. to go to L.A. or Miami or whatever. And you develop those habits before you meet each other. And then when you meet each other, it's sort of this like incongruent meeting of financial habits. Right. And I think everyone deserves to spend money on what gives them joy and fulfills them. But you do have to sort of meet your partner in the middle in Mm -hmm. some ways. And I think that that's very important. And you can do that in a few different ways. You know, you can put together a collective pool of funds between the two of you where you both contribute to it and you decide that you're only going to spend the money in that pool of funds on things that you do together. Mm. And let's say it's like you're both going to contribute 20 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week, whatever you can afford, you know, to that fund. And then once or twice a month, you do something together where you both agree you're going to spend that money on it. It's something you do together that brings you joy and you both get fulfillment out of it. And it's, and it's awesome. I like that. And that's been a compromise that I've come to with previous partners, which I think has worked well. Other people, you know, have different methods of approaching it. But I do think you have to kind of meet your partner in the middle a little bit. I know that our caller is kind of making similar amounts to her partner, but I'm curious how you approached it whenever there was a discrepancy Mm -hmm. in what each person earned. That's a good question. Um, When I was in a relationship with someone who was making a lot more money than I was, the way that we handle that i'm very upfront as you know i don't hide many things mm-hmm. um so i'm very upfront about having these conversations and relationships and i said to my ex i said if you want to go on a fancy trip if you want to go on a fancy restaurant i am more than happy to go with you to those places but i want you to know that i cannot afford the same things that you can afford mm-hmm. and a reality of this relationship is going to be if you want to do things that are outside of my tax bracket, you're going to have to subsidize my participation in them Yeah. if you want me there. And then it can go one of two ways. One way it can go where they do subsidize your participation in those things and you tag along and it's like that's just the reality because they're making a lot more money. The other route that it could go, which I think is less favorable, is they don't subsidize you to go do those things and they do those things regardless without you. Yeah. And then you, I think, shouldn't be with that person. <laughs> because if they wanted to be with you, you know, they would, I think, I think they would subsidize you. Yeah, but I think that kind of goes back to your point about like the independent part and the whole coin. And I think some people have sort of hardline views on you should be 
like everything should be 50-50, which I I kind of agree. Everything should be 50-50 up until a point. Like if yes. you are in different tax brackets, then I think viewing things from a percentage point of view and paying for things from a percentage of, you know, you you do 60, I'll do 40 for for something that might be bigger. Yes. I I don't think that's scalable in a relationship. I think it's really hard to scale it based on percentage to really? be like, I think just think about it. Think about all the activities that you do with a significant other. And you're like, okay, remember it's an 80, 20 split, whatever we do. Mm. It just gets, I think kind of complicated to be like, okay, we took the cat to the groomer and it was $200. You pay 180 and I'll pay 12. I don't know. I think that gets really, I think you just like do a lot of things with your partner. I think that gets not, I don't think that that's sustainable. I think, mm. I think, there you should classify certain activities as something that your partner if in the scenario they're making a lot more money than you they kind of take the lead on whereas everything else maybe is a bit more 50 50 or some other things you maybe take the lead on like maybe you'll get the groceries one week or maybe you'll do this because mm. you know that they kind of subsidize quote-unquote fancier things yeah. do you know what i'm saying i think it's really hard like Let's talk about Venmo because this is actually a really funny situation. Sometimes I scroll through Venmo just like to see who's charging who and to see what people are paying for because, you know, you can see really chaotic things in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's really kind of amazing. And sometimes I will see people who I know personally who have been married for years charging each other for their morning coffee on Venmo. Mm. And I am like, you are spilling so many juicy secrets of your relationship by the fact that you charge your significant other your your husband or your wife three dollars and fifty cents for your morning coffee yeah. get the hell out of here if i marry someone and i'm with them for five years and they charge me 350 for the morning coffee, divorce uh i i agree with you to a certain extent yeah i agree something i think anything under 50 dollars like everyone has you know, their own thresholds yeah, everyone exactly. has their own thresholds but exactly. when i see that it really like irks me i'm like really yeah i don't know i think it is so tough i think it's tough because some everyone just views it so differently it's yeah. very personal yeah, no no that, that that's totally fair that's totally fair i clearly have a very personal perspective on it i, I had a um I've been in situations in the past where I was dating someone who was like a law student and mm. they weren't making money. I was making money and or mm. I wanted to do something. So I'm like, yes, I'll I'll cover your costs to go there. And then I've been in other situations where people have been a lot more like, no, this needs to be more 50 50. And I've had to respect where they're coming from, I guess. And I think it's a little tough at first. It was a little tough for me, but mm. I. I think I, I got there because I don't know. I just everyone is really particular and different because yeah. I think even culturally, like I'm very OK with the you like I got you for this one. You got me for that one. Right. And if you buy me a drink, then I will feel indebted to you and I will more than likely buy you a drink in that same time or you know in a, in the short time frame right after that you know like that's how i feel like how we how we look at it yeah yeah but then i do feel like because new york can be so expensive and because money can be something that's on people's mind i almost want to be like 
so fair about it that I'm like doing the math and yeah. calculating it and being like, okay, yeah, so like, you know, I'll pay for this and this much because that's what I got and you can pay for that. And I know that like when people have done that to me in the past, it's really rubbed me in the wrong way. But I don't know. It's just different people, different situations, I guess. A hundred percent. Let's think about this. Let's let's think about this scenario. Have you ever been out at a group dinner? Oh God. We've talked about this on this show yes. before. Have you ever been out to a group dinner and you did not want to spend a lot of money and you're in a group of seven or eight people, right? You can't pay with seven or eight credit cards, but you're at a, a, a you know, you're at a dinner with seven or eight people. People are like, oh, I want to get the calamari. I want to get the beef tartare. Yes. I want to get this. I want to. And then you're like, I just wanted the French onion soup and that's it because I'm trying to be cheap tonight. But then that bill comes, they're going to split everything that they ordered with you evenly. I know. They're not going to split it, in your words, based on your tax bracket. Yeah. So, yes, I, I've very much been in those situations and. I like I avoid them now because like I said living in New York is very expensive mm -hmm. and I don't have the money to like pay for James's like extra bottle of wine that he got. James loves wine. James loves wine. <laughs> I'm like if I want to hang out with James and I know that he's a big spender I say James why don't you come over to my stoop and we'll have a bottle of wine and you know I love we'll having hang. wine on your stoop. It's I know. so nice. It's so lovely. Oh, that's the best I, stoop in Brooklyn. Thank you. <laughs> I, I So yeah, I that that's how I've approached it. It's like I definitely have friends that are, who make a lot more money than I do and or have different spending habits than I do. And I think I just sort of have honed in on figuring out what type of activity they would want to do and respectfully bowing out for some things. Yeah. And then Offering an alternative that I feel comfortable with um, that either might be more in my tax bracket right. or saying like, hey, you know what, guys, have fun on this one. Like, we'll hang out another time. Yeah. And I, I think my approach to money has changed right. a lot in my right. 20s living in New York where mm -hmm. I'm a lot more frugal than yeah. I would have been previously. I think I would have said yes to a lot more in my early 20s when I was making $45,000. And then you know, feeling regretful about it a week or two later when I was looking totally. at my bank account and being like, why did I go to that brunch? Yeah. I didn't, I only knew one person and I ended up having to pay $75. Yeah. They say your twenties are about saying yes. And your thirties are about saying no and making a cup of tea at home. <laughs> that is so real. That's, That's very, or having wine on your stoop. Totally. And yeah. that is the mood I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So what's your pee on the caller's situation with her live-in boyfriend and their finances? The caller mentioned that she's at this phase in her relationship where she's unmarried. And maybe this is the way to do things when you are unmarried, your, your finances are not joined yet. Like maybe you guys should be splitting things and being a bit more particular on, you know, well, you got this, so maybe you pay for it, and I got this, so I'm I'm gonna pay for that, just to make it a bit more sustainable for you two, so there is no resentment. But I don't think that needs to be your financial situation forever, right? Like maybe when you get married, you can join finances, and it can be a bit more of this loosey goosey. I got you now, and whatever, all my money is your money yeah. type of thing. 
maybe one of you strikes rich and, you know, so the money won't even be an issue. But I think just doing what, like being honest about what you're comfortable with is key here. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I would say, caller, is to have an honest conversation with your partner and share that this is an anxiety of yours, that you think that, listen, we are spending X amount a week on groceries, but you may not realize that I also have these other expenses in my life that I want to also prioritize. And for me, I feel comfortable spending X amount on groceries. So could we either try to come in at that amount and or if you if he doesn't want to do that, then maybe he subsidizes and pays the difference or he pays for the extra things that he's getting that you're not using on his own. That's my advice. I feel like money is a really sensitive topic and I'm feeling self-conscious even giving you this advice because I'm afraid of coming off cheap, but you know, here we are. Totally. Mirrors, what's your pee on the situation? I think what you said, it makes a ton of sense. I think we can never tell other people what to do with their money because it's an individual's choice what to do with their own money. And we would never want to say, here's what you should do. I think the money thing in relationships comes down just like everything else to communication. And I think it's about have the conversation as early on as possible mm -hmm. where it makes sense and you're both in a comfortable place to have it. You know, don't do it on the third date, okay? But, you know, if you're moving in together or if you've dated for a year or something, you know, and you've gotten to that place where you're comfortable talking about money, I think then you should have the conversation and just say, hey, this is where I'm at with my money. This is what I'm comfortable spending on. This is what I'm not comfortable spending on. I like you. I love you. I want to spend time with you. I'd love to do things together. If I can't afford something, I'll tell you and let's talk about it. Or you know, let's just lay the parameters out as early as we can. Because I think if you let the money thing kind of go unspoken for a long time, it can actually lead to problems in a relationship. Uh, it can lead to overspending by one person who can't afford what the lifestyle the two are building together is. Or it can lead to resentment by one person who feels like they're spending too much on their significant other. And you don't want to be in either situation because one is not good for your coin and the other is not good for your romance. Yes, exactly. So have the conversation early on. Make sure to save for a rainy day. And hey, even if you're making a lot of coin, that Trader Joe's gyoza is effing amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's another problem solved. solved. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. If you won a billion dollars in the lottery mm -hmm. and you were dating somebody long term, really serious, but not married yet, how would you approach it? I would get a prenup. <laughs> 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 yes. yes 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 i would buy us a home i would make sure our kids schools were taken care of i would make sure they had everything they need um but then i would hoard that money away yeah Love what, that. what would you do if i won one billion dollars in the lottery first of all did you know if you take the lump sum that if you win a billion you only get 280 million dollars out of that 
Wait, what? If you get the lump sum, it's immediately cut in half. And then you have to pay taxes on that half that you get. Right. And so it goes from 1 billion to 500 million to like 280 million, which is insane. But I'm not going to say no to 280 million. Okay. No, no. Uh, Because I'm not crazy. If I won that money, I would probably lie and say that I want a lot less. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would hire a lawyer, draft the prenum, build an LLC, stow the money in a foreign investment account, and then treat my partner to a nice trip. (laughs) (laughs) You would would take them to the Cayman Islands where your offshore accounts are. Babe, we're going to go to the Cayman. We might go to Branson, Missouri. Let's figure it (laughs) out. (laughs) Let's go. Hey, did you like that episode? Well, if you did, please rate it five stars on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to this episode. And make sure to come back every Wednesday for brand new episodes of The Problem Solvers. See you then. 